It is Saturday, October 27th, 2018. My name's Anthony, and I'm here with Michael, and this is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> so sensual, Michael. Um, you know what? It's been it's been a long time. It's been a while. I know we say that a lot, but it really has. Twenty days. Yeah. Is it twenty days? That's it. It feels like a lifetime. No. Well, you got busy, then yeah. you got sick, and then I got sick. So we just have not had a chance to record. Right. Um, but all that means for you guys is we have an absolutely packed show. I think every time we've s- what. I was gonna say totally packed, but go oh, ahead. Oh, you yeah. like looked up like there was something wrong. Um, no, uh, every time we've said we've had a packed show, it ended up being one of the shorter shows. Really, I yeah. don't think that's gonna be the case here because we got a lot of content for you with regards to we, watches this, this and cars. Average. Ah, well, okay, we'll see. We'll see. I think so. Um, but before we get into the content, any any new stuff in your life, car or watch wise? Putting you on the spot here. Don't pee your pants or anything. Uh, oh, car and watch wise, yeah. Should I save the watch wise stuff? Well, just give give a yeah. give like a cliff, like not even a cliff's notes. Just give a header. Give us give us a. Headline. Okay, so the Raptor broke down. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. You know, well, I wouldn't say broke down. They didn't leave you stranded. Throttle bodies. At least you didn't from get the factory. You didn't get stuck on King Road or anything. No, I just um, for those of you that don't know King Road, it's a dark hilly road with yeah. no lights. Yeah. Um, no. Um, yeah, I just broke down and went into limp mode, and I kind of like how I limped the the all my way to. to I kind of I kind of like how your definition of of broke down is like, oh, the truck was in limp mode, so I had to drive it there. My definition of breakdown was I was going uphill and my bike ran out of fuel, and so it yeah, just stalled. Fault. Yeah, of course, but that, that's that's how how different mine uh, was. My truck was a wounded warrior limping. What was mine? What was mine? A starved warrior. The motorcycle giving up on life because the <laughs> owner just did not put in gas. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, well, well, your your Ford is fixed. It'll be okay. It's a brand Hopefully, new car. Fingers crossed. It's a brand it's new car. Pre- exactly. Are... That's the point, Anthony. I'm saying that okay, is the hold point. on. Hey, hey, you should have bought it uh, two years from now. Once it, the life cycle had, uh, yeah, but then, the, but then it'd, it'd be old out. right away. I can tell you, as a service it's advisor, I, as a service advisor, there are so many bugs, especially with how much tech they're putting into cars now. Holy shit! The amount of of computer glitches and software because you can't test out computer glitches. You can put mechanical strain on things to make sure they won't fail, but you can't put mechanical strain on Android tablets and and sensors, uh, like you know, to a to a certain point. You you won't know until they break down and they're they're not going to rush uh or they're not going to put a hold on, on producing a new vehicle like the raptor because they haven't figured out that the throttle body sensor isn't working to spec i guarantee it's going to be a huge recall they're going to have some big thing and yours is uh probably evidence to that because it wasn't a minor problem it was a big like it went into limp mode the truck yeah yeah i was saddened yeah what about watch news you got anything new in your watch game going on um <clears throat> i have acquired a new piece mm-hmm which we will touch on after. Probably the I, I would say the piece you're the most proud of in your collection. It's probably the most clout factory. It's a clout factory is what it well, is. He's being very sarcastic. No, I, I like it. You know, I like the piece. Hell, maybe I own one. Um, okay, but uh, that's some interesting stuff. My own life, uh, car-wise, 
Not really much has happened. Uh, the Accord is an outstanding vehicle, as always. It's Shut uh, the front doing, door. doing everything it needs to do perfectly well. Um, but I did get a new value proposition piece. I was spurred on by Mikey's latest acquisition, so I wanted to maybe um, boost some content for the channel. And we're definitely going to do a video on some value proposition uh, ideas. Um, but we'll talk more about that later on in the podcast. Why don't we jump right into cars, Mikey? There's a lot of news, a lot of new things coming out uh, out of the automotive world, and no show going on. So this is just this is just sort of I, this is sorry. We shouldn't say a lot of news. This is just three weeks worth of stuff. Yeah, it's just a buildup of stuff. Yeah, that we exactly. Missed. Yeah, um, and, and there's probably a lot more than what we have here. Probably, but, but this we, is kind of are, stuff that stuck out to us. So yeah. you know, you don't like it, go read somewhere else. You don't like it, subscribe to a freaking journalism uh, network or something, or you know, what a, whatever. Is whatever. that a cop out, Anthony? Yeah, it is a cop out. <laughs> you read me like a goddamn book. Um, but no, let let's get into our first topic: uh, the 2019 BMW X7. Did they need a BMW X7? I'll let you answer that question, Mikey. Um. Well, while you yes. think, okay, okay. So now that you've said yes, let me explain <laughs> what a BMW X7 is. We all know what the 7 Series BMW is, right? For the longest time, it's something uh, that that executives be sure. Hold on, we're going to take two takes of this. You're going to explain what it is, and I'm going to explain what it That's is. That's totally fine. Okay. Um, so BMW 7 Series. The 7 Series always been reserved for the cloudiest clout factor. Men who wear suits to work and sit in boardrooms and yell at people and and bang their mistresses. Uh, uh, you know, before heading home to their estate homes. Um, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant here. I th- I'm just picturing like skeevy businessmen, but that's not the case. Uh, seven series owners range, but they uh, in in personality and character. But seven series are definitely always meant for business people, right? No, really. Ignore, ignore all Hurry my. Hurry up with your explanation. Ignore of all my because I want to get onto my. Ignore my, all my offensive things about the mistresses and everything. But no, what, what I really meant by that, and I like the seven series, and I and I like seven series drivers. But I always got very business sense, uh, styling business styling business yeah, yeah, uh, features yeah. from the seven series. So now they've made a massive SUV to represent that series, and okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to say massive because it is genuinely larger okay. than the X. Five. Good explanation. Thank you. Um, now, my explanation yeah. of what you know, people are just listening to us. We we obviously are video impaired, and um, yeah, sorry. We, we got to explain how this thing looks to people. So, people, can you can, can I can I have a show of hands of who now <laughs> knows what this thing looks like? Sorry, I, I didn't explain that. It's huge. It's huge. Um, here's here's what it is. Everyone knows the, the Mercedes GLS. Yeah. Put BMW into that. Okay. Um, there you go. Okay, but and tell me if I'm wrong. I think the seven series stands more for business and and executives than the S class does. The S class seems I, I I feel I don't know, I just feel that the there's something more um attainable about the seven series than there is about the S class. And not in the in the way that like, oh, it's like cheaper or whatever. No. It's Th- not they, they just feel like two different cars. In a lot of ways, to me, it, I, and I can't. Maybe I can't put a finger on it. And maybe that makes me a terrible podcast host. But uh, I, they're just—they just don't. I don't get feel, where you see that. I, maybe it's because the the S class has always been fairly conservative, and it just seems like it fits in a in a business environment. Conservative com- compared to the seven. 
Sorry, sorry, my apologies. The seven series was always did I say oh, S class? Yeah. I meant I meant seven series. Always more conservative. I always felt like that was a car that kind of slipped into the downtown traffic. The S class was always more of like a luxury, uh, you know, it's something that to spoil you. I don't know. I always got that vibe, and I I really have nothing to back it up. But I kind of feel like the same thing is going on here. This X seven seems to be very conservatively styled. I will say I was actually out for dinner with my with my girlfriend's family uh, about a week ago, and we were talking about the X7. My girlfriend's uh, dad drives a, a newer X6, and we were talking about the X7, and, and him and uh, my girlfriend's brother, like, they liked the style. Um, they, they thought that the front end was cool. They enjoyed it. I look at that front end, and I'm like, geez, that's a wall of grill. It's too big for me. It's... It, it they what they've done and we I've spoken about this before on the podcast. I don't like BMW new the new BMW grills the and kidneys. now yeah they're not really my favorite kidney was on like the E ninety two. They're generation. more like lungs now. Yeah, they're huge. Yes, yes, they are. Lungs are the perfect thing to compare them to. Or livers, maybe not a liver. Um, no, lungs are yeah they're huge, absolutely giant. <laughs> and so what they've done is draw more attention to and build on top of. A feature that I don't think was super well received. I mean, let's be honest. No one has really been like saying, "Yo, the the, BM, the new BMWs are styled really, really hot." No one's been saying that. Uh, and so now they've sort of they've taken the X7, which is a flagship model. This is a this is a model that you know it's being released. It's all new. It came out with the newest designs. These designs will trickle down to the newer vehicles. And I think I did see. Uh, photos of the new X6. I think we were talking about. I can't remember. Our X5 and X6 and X3. They're releasing slowly, but surely. And it's probably going to follow along this line. Um, I like the headlights. Otherwise, and, and the profile of the vehicle is nice. It's very um, Cullinan. Uh, Le- no, not Cullinan. Sorry, that's a bad. That's a bad. I think example. they share the same chassis. I would I would imagine so, but the body lines don't remind me of the Cullinan. The no, size of it does. Not, the size is huge. This yeah, thing is big. massive. Um, it's going to compete with the GLS, the Range Rovers, yeah. The, yeah. all those. Yeah, and um, yeah, just just a big big truck. I was actually looking somewhere here. Uh, the interior is identical to the X5. Yeah, I was looking at that as well. Nothing special, to be honest. Like, I don't no. really care for BMW interiors to be like much, to be honest. Agreed. Um, Agreed. What you'll probably get in this that you haven't seen in BMW yet is that like limousine style. So you'll like like yeah. the, like the Range Rovers have in the in the rear seats. You can get like captain's chairs in the middle that kind of recline a little bit more and a little bit more. This is actually three rows of seating. You can can option three rows of seating. That's fine. It's huge. Yeah, GLS is three rows. Three rows. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the Range Rover does not. I think the Sport does. No. Hmm. No, the Sport does it. I don't know. The Range. Anyways, like the Cadillac does as well. But and the, this is what this article is comparing them to the Cadillac. Yes. I don't know why. It's comparing to those an Escalade. Are, yeah. I guess because of the practicality element of it, uh, we're, we're talking like this is a big SUV meant to haul people. It's a people hauler. I don't, I don't know about like Escalades anymore, and yeah, well, Escalades uh, and Navigators. People aren't really the new Navigator. I like, and we've t- we've spoken about. Of that. course, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's such a big upgrade. But Let, let's talk about engine options for this behemoth, because people, I'm sure, are wondering. Long gone are the days of of putting big V8s inside of your big trucks. 
uh, your macro trucks, if you will. Um, you want to tell the the people the name of our of our show today? No, I will. Macro trucks, micro brands. Stay tuned. But no, um, you can. So I guess it comes standard with a three liter, uh, six cylinder, uh, hitting. 335 horsepower, 330 pound feet of torque, which is disgusting. That's what a that's what a three series comes with nowadays, like a well equipped three series, because this is just their run of the mill. Uh, let's pump out engines for engines' sake. Engine, it's just their you know their typical uh, turbo six. But you can it will take you 5.8 seconds to hit 60 in this SUV, which is crazy quick in my opinion. Uh, but I, what I see here is they also have an X-Drive 50i variant. Uh, let me see here. Yep. Twin turbo 4.4 liter V8. My apologies. You can get a V8 with this truck. Uh, 456 horsepower, 479 pound-feet of torque, uh, 0 to 60 in 5.2 seconds. So, I mean, you, you're either getting a 60 in, in like 5.2 seconds or 66 seconds. Uh, which is still pretty quick, in my opinion, for for a, a vehicle of this size. Um, How fast? It, sorry, five point eight versus uh, six. Sorry, five point eight versus five point two. Five point eight in the in the in the six cylinder. Sorry, I know I know a little bit about uh, big vehicles getting for five seconds. But yeah, your truck, which definitely weighs more than this, and that's five seconds, uh, but also makes tons more power. Your truck makes the same power as this V8 with Four, your with the V6. Too bad I can't make it reliably. Oh, it must be the whiskey talking. We tried to drink whiskey earlier, you know, but it didn't work because we hate whiskey. Uh, we're clearly not culture. I, I did not. Okay, you're right. Anthony just did. Sure. Thanks for the solidarity, brother. It's got um, more torque. Yes. 561. Not bad. Oh, well, it's not bad at all dimensions uh of this of this vehicle because i'm going to reiterate how massive it is 10 inches longer and 1.5 inches taller than the x5 10 inches longer what are you gonna do you okay that's massive in automotive terms and let the let the record show mikey's holding up his two fingers to what he considers 10 inches poor guy's never seen 10 inches in his life (laughs) that was a penis joke um that's that's 10 inches Okay, but in automotive terms, that's massive. The lob 10 inches off the back of your truck, you'll notice that. That's huge. No. Yes. Dude, how do you... Okay, whatever. Maybe you just don't understand, but cars are made to such a a finite degree, or not a finite, to such a small degree, right? 10 inches is huge. When you talk about mass-producing vehicles, to add an additional 10 inches in metal, carpet, airbag that that is millions of dollars extra to produce a vehicle that i'll be honest i don't think anyone cared for i don't think anyone was saying man i wish yeah, BMW. But they had to because they, they weren't a part of that market well how long is this thing going to go on where we have to build something because everyone else is is flooding the market if with they want to stay competitive until we get to a day where uh, you know what there's too many cars and now we don't need cars anymore <laughs> yeah you hit that one on the nose yeah i know well i think that's the future uh, but let's get. Can we? What, no do, cars? You, do you have anything? Uh, no, not no cars. But there's. Gonna, you have anything to say about this? I don't really care about. This I know car. this car sucks. Let's let's. If tell, I'm gonna get a vehicle this big, I'm gonna get a Range Rover. Yeah, me too. What would like? I wouldn't spend the money. Do we have a, a price on this thing? On this Goliath, uh, this behemoth? But I'm sure it exists. I'm trying to. U.S. Find it here. starts at sixty nine five five. That's not bad. 
That's pretty bad, Anthony. That's not bad for what you're getting. U.S. That's not bad. It's that not gonna. It's not gonna look like those pictures. I can guarantee you that's that, Canadian. Though Canadian, that what are you the get? picture that's probably like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. Okay. Canadian. Oh, I'll take your word for it. That's just a guess. I I don't care to argue it because I would never want this vehicle. I get that it's their flagship, and by flagship I mean it's the largest vehicle they're gonna offer. That is probably why most people will look at it. But but based on its own merits, got no love for that. I think that I think we're, we're biased by saying that because I don't think either of us fancy any BMW over their competitors. You're right. That's been a trend. So, but that's not always the way it was. And hold on, you're forgetting the M2, the crown jewel of my rear-wheel drive manual transmission. Coupe. Yeah, I don't know. I would take the M2 over a. I would take it over a TT. I would re- I would more so compare that to the RS3. Sorry, you're right. I was thinking of coupe. Um, RS3. Yeah. Um, I would take it over an RS3. You're getting more power with the RS3. You're getting more practicality and usability with the RS3. But I want to have fun. You see way. I've been seeing way too many RS3s yeah, on the road. They're popping up. A little up. bit disappointing. But there's, it's so cheap for such a sporty car. Like There's a lot of. Uh, I guess that's the way everything's going. They're, they're yeah. trying to put out these high performance mini cars. Hey, the Germans have to because Japan's been doing that for years. Um, so they got to do that. That wasn't a fart. That was my belt. I promise. Let's get it. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about this this pile of German Something more anymore. exciting. Yes. Is I agree. Is it? Well, let's talk a little bit about the 2019 look, look at the Ford Rangey. The way that those axles are bending. And if you guys care to see what we're looking at, we're looking at some uh, articulation of, uh, of the new Ford Ranger suspension. Check out Jalopnik. Um, they released a, an article recently um, talking about how the 2019 Ranger should put up a strong ro- uh, strong off-road fight against other mid-sized trucks. And yeah, I read that headline right off the article because why not? Shout out to David Tracy. He, he wrote it. Um, but I was expecting it to, to be a, a solid off-roading vehicle because it's a Ford Ranger. And this vehicle has been... Has been kept away from us for so long they definitely weren't bringing back a pile of junk it also has been do they've been selling this truck or a, like this generation of truck in australia i believe in new zealand for a very very long time since 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 2009 since they since they axed the or maybe 2012 since they axed the last I think, gen i think ranger. you're right they I, I remember because i had a ranger and i was wondering when the new one would come out and I got all excited. I saw the new the new model and I thought it was really cool. And then I found out it wasn't coming to North America. So, but uh, I mean, it's just cool to see it articulating like that. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because even though I really like the Chevy ZR2 and I can appreciate the work that Chevy put into that little pickup truck, I think it's a very cool truck. That's my money still goes to the Ranger. Why? You're gonna you're gonna say it's because I'm totally biased to Ford. I like I, I don't like the interior of Chevy trucks. I don't like uh I, I like the performance aspect of them. I think that they're insanely well built. Chevy trucks, uh especially the Chevy V eights, and I know that whatever um eco torque or whatever, I don't know what they name the engine they put in the yeah, in the in the new uh ZR two in the Colorados. I know that's a fantastic truck. But I just feel like the better driving of the two, the one that's gonna feel better to drive and 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 offer you more comfortability i feel like it's going to be the ranger because ford for the last decade 
has nailed hit the the nail right on the head when it comes to drop making tr- their trucks drive like smaller vehicles. So when you get a smaller truck like this, and the fact that there's already a Raptor variant being sold overseas, that's going to trickle down in some way. If this frame can support the Raptor suspension, uh, this is this is going to be a very very good vehicle. I would I'd bet my bottom dollar, Mikey. I don't know. Um, cosmetically on the outside, it's dull. No, if you if you look at the um, like the Lariat um, editions of it, mm-hmm. it's very attractive looking. I don't, I don't think, think I don't think it's better looking than the Toyotas, which they show the a little bit of the Tacoma. No, the uh, yeah, sorry, the Tacoma, the smaller, the smaller yeah, Toyotas. The Tacoma. Yeah, I think those, those are, are like the TRDs. They look wild. Yeah, they they look really cool, and those are bigger trucks. It seems. Um, um, not bigger, maybe higher. They're like maybe that's it. These guys remind me more of like what the Avalanche used to be. Which these guys, the Toyotas. No, the New Rangers. Oh, okay. Um, I can see that because what they've done, and I think the Chevy Colorado is the same. The these trucks have a, have very round bumpers. They got very round edges, and I know that that's for for pedestrian safety. The Toyotas don't. The Toyotas still have those it's square, wow. boxy, you know, aggressive. The way that trucks used to look, especially small trucks. That's the, the Ranger was a box, mm-hmm. literally a box. I remember driving on the on the highway. All you hear is wind, like you're in your own little hurricane inside that thing. Uh, maybe that was because it was made out of paper mache. But um, yeah, the one thing that this Ford goes the exact same as the Chevy in is that it's a round, soft truck because you know that it's built off of uh, a, a platform that's shared between their other mid-sized and compact SUVs. That's where that's coming from. And due to pedestrian safety, they have to round these bumpers, keep them nice, soft. If they hit someone, they'll just give them an, uh, a bump on the head and not m- mutilate them. Um, but they're so descriptive in the oddest ways. I know. Well, I've been I've been working for like twelve hours straight. So, um, but you know, I that's why I'm not a huge fan of the aesthetics. I think the Raptor looks a lot cooler, and I think the ZR2 looks cool. But when it comes to like these trucks, like the, this Ranger and the Colorado, I don't think they look very good. Not compared to the Toyota, I'm even the, even the Frontier Pro Four x Four I think looks better than these trucks. That's a stretch. Okay, type in Frontier Pro Four x Four and tell me it doesn't look better than I've, a base I've, model I've Raptor that. or base model a base model uh, Ranger. How are you comparing that model Frontier to the base of this? This is all sorry, not base well, Lariat thing because this, these are boring. No, I think it looks good. It looks conservative. Aren't little trucks supposed to be about rugged dependability and fun? I don't know, Anthony. I don't don't own a little truck. Okay, here we go. Poor guy can't wait to talk about his Raptor when it's not in the shop. (laughs) Kidding, Mike. You know I love that truck. What are your thoughts on these trucks, eh? Are you seriously? Don't get upset, man. Don't worry. (laughs) It'll be okay. Yeah. No, um... I'm excited to to get to test drive these. The only thing bit. with these small trucks is, is maybe I'm spoiled with the F-150 interior. That's probably it. But every small truck I get into, it's like small car-esque, which mm-hmm. I don't particularly like. The thing I like about a truck is that it's like your own little office space. Mm-hmm. It's comfy. It's like, it's like your living room slash office space. It's comfy. It's big. It's... Lots of room. 
these little things, I don't know. You're so like upright. The center console's down by your hips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of straying away from what this article is really talking about, but I agree with you 100% that these these trucks don't do If you look at the interior shot of the the Lariat, which is their top of the line model right there. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's the there's dog. um there's a dog yeah um it looks like like the the titanium model of the Focus yeah because it's probably built off a similar platform probably the 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 F one fifty you know we forget but the F one fifty lives in its own realm for for almost ten years or yeah almost ten years it was the only truck Ford sold pickup truck uh, other than the two fifty and and, and you know, oh okay but like I mean like that was their main truck um. What do you, was it, is that, is that the dog? What's happening right now? Uh oh, uh oh, there's now another dog in the room. This dog's much larger. Oh boy. I'll narrate this for you guys. So if I do get mauled, then at least you'll know exactly what happened. Liability. She's, she's, a, she's, she's left. She's seen the guitar and left. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that's, that's what we have to do. Those are the likes we have to that's go to. Very poor English. <laughs> I just oh my god she's right here she sees just Jesus. ignore okay I'll try to she's her gonna, tail's a wagon oh that's not a good sign <laughs> that's not a good sign anyway oh my lord it's like a dinosaur so majestic um, is it majestic polar opposite <laughs> so um, but back to what this article's about um, Jalopnik's really weighing the the value of of this of the new um, r- Ranger off road, and they they're pointing out some cool features that they they got skid plates covering the whole underside of the vehicle. They're really really doing a good job to protect it. Um, if if someone is going to go on really, I think job sites the most off road this truck's gonna see. Yeah, like considering uh, the the lineage that the Ranger followed. Uh, or the lineage of the previous ranger, they weren't. I think that's something just specifically in our area because there's so many cut like companies that that use. Them. They were cheap as crap, so yeah. I mean, and they, they didn't really offer much in the way of interior luxury, so no one really bought them. Maybe that'll change. Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe now that that they they're offering a lot more practicality, people may buy them as their commuter vehicles, and and then that leads to people off roading in these trucks. So who knows? Um, and they go into all the like the, the quirky specs here. Uh, so you hear people saying that saying that the, there's a, the the skid plate is plastic. Definitely. Yeah, what do you think they're gonna spend up money on a metal one? All it needs to do is is stop things from impacting the important stuff, and that that plastic would be fine. Sure, I guess this is a cheap truck. Mo- uh, most cars have plastic. You just don't see them, but it's plastic all underneath the car. Oh, yeah, of course. It just deflects stones and crap from, yeah, yeah. from damaging other uh, components. One guy said here, don't worry, the plastic will handle mall duty and once a year trip to Home Depot. Wow, <laughs> wow, someone's salty. But uh, we got some other much more exciting Ford news, in my opinion. I just want to talk about the Ranger a little bit, you know, because it's coming out, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit excited for it. But, uh, Mikey, do you want to handle the next big Ford announcement? Yes. Yes, oh. I will, Anthony. Oh wow, wow! Go, go right ahead there. Something brutally ugly. You're nuts. You're nuts, kiddo. There's something Sob Kyle would drive. Sob Kyle, yeah. What's wrong with his tasting cars? He likes Ford Thunderbirds, uh, old Avalanches. Uh, he's got a weird. He's got weird tasting cars, man. Um, no, what we're talking about is that. Is it going to be a 2019? 
on no, it's new, gonna be like a twenty twenty. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the the new GT five hundred yeah. was leaked on Instagram mm-hmm. by Mister Sinister Lifestyle. Do you know how it was leaked? Um, I think so, but why don't you say it? Cause yeah, so uh, we're on a little, we're on a, a road and track article right here, and I'm just gonna talk over the dogs barking. Um, so basically, what uh, a lot of automotive companies they hold like press events, uh, where it's like invite only and it's super, super shishi and everything. But they reveal a lot of really, um, really cool stuff. By cool stuff, I mean new stuff, and they encourage everyone in attendance not to leak shit because. I mean, you're you're of being course, trusted, yeah. right? So this is a, apparently it was a younger kid uh, who really wanted to light his Instagram on fire. He took a photo of this uh, 2020, we're assuming GT500, ahead of its um, big release, which will be at the 2019 who, Detroit who Auto is Show. This person, I don't know. I don't, honestly, that they were invited. Probably it could even have been a, the 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 kid or nephew or grandson of of maybe an executive, and who knows? It's it's like automotive journalists are are invited but he clearly has no credentials he doesn't care about losing them by posting this so either way uh we get our first look at the 2020 uh gt 500 i'm digging it first thing i'm noticing uh besides the body styling are is the massive wing which is straight from the gt uh his name's kyle oh sob kyle uh no there's the the wing on the rear deck lid and i believe those are the carbon fiber rims because they have the imagine. same the same look to them that the ones on the GT uh, exactly, 350 yeah. have. Um, not much really, uh, not a huge difference between the GT 350 and this. Just the front end is different. But yeah. that is also the new Mustang front end. As much as you don't like it, because I know you think this car is ugly, the new Mustang has a different front end than the GT 350 had. The GT 350, I don't have think they was updated. Have they shown the new Mustangs? Yeah, so they, they were. Yes. Yas Queen. They were updated. Um, they were updated when, like in two thousand and seventeen, or wait, hold on. We're talking about two different things here. Sorry, uh, a mid-cycle refresh. That's what they were given. So the twenty nineteen Mustang. You're saying the twenty nineteen Mustang will look the same as the twenty eighteen Mustang. I think it was eighteen when they upped the when they changed the front fascia from twenty fifteen when they were released. Right. The Mustang, this Gen Mustang was yes. released in 2015. So what are you, so, you what are you saying that why do they look Because this the 20 uh, the the GT350s that you know and love were based off of the 2015 Mustang. Yes. This is based off the new Mustang. So a lot of the front That's, fascia things you're oh, noticing okay. yes, yes. No, come from that. I, I'm fine with everything except for that giant central okay. mouth. And I thought that too. Now scroll through the article here on Road and Track. And get to the get to the gray and the black I think that and white looks image. Terrible. I, that I that opening to me with the stripes like that, that looks like an AC Cobra to me. With that gaping front front uh, thing, I like. I was that. gonna say gaping, but I know gaping is kind of bad. Weird. Um, I like that a lot. What I'm not liking too much are these um, the the grills they've put on the on the hood there. I think it it. It kind of tarts up the body line. If you if you scroll down one more photo, they give like an overhead, which I think was actually released by Ford. Um, really, just like as a as a. It look great on the Raptor. Here we go. I just think it tarts up the car a little bit. The Raptor's different. The Raptor's more rugged, utilitarian. Yeah, but, you can put grills. What have we both said when we're sitting in the Raptor and you're looking over the hood? 
It looks mean. Yeah, but because it's so like high and like you see those vents. And but this they, isn't this isn't a high and and mean. It doesn't looking, matter. But like it's, it's, it's a muscle car. Yeah, but I like I like Eric's thing because it's connected to the engine and you can see it shake when you well, when, when you, he says Eric's thing. He's talking about the hood. Scoop sorry, on the um, the Challenger RT with the shaker. Yeah, pack. the shaker hood. The shaker hood. Uh, this is not. This is. These are vents. What are they venting? A blower? Is this thing blown? I don't even know. Do we know how much? Uh, it's seven hundred horsepower. I believe yes. it's blown. Yeah, Just it's like got a, a supercharger. You're saying like seven twenty? Yeah. I'm surprised they're still supercharging. Uh, this is a V8, most likely. Probably the flat plane crank. Supercharged V8. Yeah, I think oh, that's wow. one thing. I don't think they've they've released that. Um, again, this this article is more about the the look of the car. And so I don't think they've released the actual engine uh, displacement that they're going to be fitting it with. I just, uh, you know, doesn't what? like my dog. I, I love your dog, but the lick in the paws, man, is when you're when I when you're listening through my uh, <laughs> when you have headphones on, and you can hear yourself talk, and the <laughs> entire time is to the soundtrack of a, of a French bulldog <laughs> molesting his own paws. It can get a little bit. It can get to you. Definitely get to you. I also haven't eaten since lunchtime, so yeah, it's neither. currently seven o'clock. I'm going. I'm going to be eating later, so sorry. Invites. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to. Eat. But it's okay. Anyway, so you're you're saying that this one doesn't look pretty. I think it's a decent looking car. I think it's a it's a grower. Grower, not a shower. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I I definitely love the 350. I, see in person. I like the way the 350 looks. I think they knocked that out of the park. I really want to see this in person, like you said, and we will see it in person. Come February, guarantee it's going to be there. So I'm on the Sinister Lifestyles page. Yeah. Who would have thought a 20-year-old would be in all these articles, posts, and over 200,000 impressions on my post alone? Oh, okay. Congratulations, so kid! You broke the rules of an event. Yeah. If I if I if I go to the Eaton Center in downtown Toronto and and, and run around naked, I'll be in a lot of news. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold well. on, hold on, hold on. Photos were he wasn't there. Photos were sent to me. I guess he still did technically break the rules. Yeah. Photos were sent to me via Instagram direct message. I am not the originator of this photo. Only repost with my watermark. Yes, but buddy, by putting your watermark, you're taking ownership of it. All he's done. Or, or he saying all, you have ownership. Exactly. Of it. And all he's done is taken a photo that someone didn't have the nutsack or the means to spread around. It was probably Shmi. You know, he's it's that be Shmi. Shmi. Hey, hey, guys. No, I'm not going to make fun of Shmi. He's clearly hey, done very well. <laughs> hey, Thinnithiter. I'm going to send you a photo. <laughs> of the new Thelby DT500. We can't keep making fun of Shmi, man. <laughs> no, he he's, 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 seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. And the lisp is something that uh, it's part of him, part of the ship, part of the crew. Uh, you know, it, it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging the new GT500. You're not digging it uh, as much. No, but, but I, I think, we'll it'll, I think it'll, it'll grow on me because I think... We'll, Trying to think back when the 350s came out. I love Honestly, them. right now I'm trying to think of what the 350s even look like. Wow, that's harsh. Um, <laughs> for me, the the make or break for this car will be the transmission. They keep it manual. I'll be happy. They put if, if they put an automatic, like they did with they the, the, the Ford GT. Oh, well, yeah. I was just gonna say, hmm. The Ford GT is also a different breed, and I understand that. No, they're gonna they're gonna put it manual. It's the yeah. I'm sure they'll do that. What I'm not sure about is what they're gonna do with the engine. I think they, this should be the next evolution of the flat plane crank V8. Um, but if they put the the five liter, I that's a safe choice. I just think they shouldn't. Why? The flat plane crank V8. I think a blown flat plane crank. Oh, 
the sound for days. You know, Anthony, not all of us are service advisors. I have no idea what you're talking about. The GT350, what made it better than the rest of the Mustangs handling-wise was the flat-plane crank V8. And that also made it sound insane. What's flat-plane crank? Flat-plane crank means uh, it's you take the valve train. Uh, you, you Basically, there's no valve train sitting on top of this engine, if, if that's right. The, the crankshaft intersects on a, on, a, on a flat plane instead of it, it's almost it, it, it's it's not as extreme as a boxer boxer engine by any means but it makes the engine have a lower center of gravity okay so it, yeah. you don't have a whole bunch of valve gotcha. train uh, gubbins or maybe you still have all the valve train gubbins but they're just not as high on gotcha. top of the engine um so by lowering the center of gravity right you you instantly change the, the driving dynamics of the car okay. that's what made the brz and uh, and frs now the gt86 so great um and i think that not only did it make the car handle well, it made the car sound phenomenal, and the sound of a Shelby is just as important well, as its look I and its it, performance. But we had um, one of one coasting by. Is is the dog? Um, I just I, I I he's just sitting right below me, so it's okay. I, I I like him. I like him. How did I lose this? Oh, he's sleeping now. Yeah, let you me heard sleep. that? Yeah, good. Um. Here we go. Oh, no. You're going to play it? Whoop. Whoop. Anyway, whoop, whoop. while you try and find it, whoop, I will whoop, whoop. I will just continue in saying that if they end up putting the flat plane crank uh, and blowing it or supercharging it in the new 500, I'll be happy. If they do some uh, modified version of the, of the regular 5 liter, I'll be a little disappointed because... Uh, you know that that GT500 with the five liter uh, supercharger has been around now since the GT500 came back in like 2008. Do I want to say 2008? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe that was was a blown 4.8 liter. I can't remember, but it's just been around for a long time. I don't see any real benefit of it, and they got to compete. This thing can't just be, you know, before the GT500 used to be just like the the demolish things in a straight line, but they got to compete with what's coming out of uh, out of Chevy. With the ZR1, uh, sorry, ZL1s and the Z28s. What are they doing? Are they Chevy. Re- releasing anything new we, soon? We won't know until Detroit, I don't think. I'm sure they will. Um, they, Do you think they're they going to have released... this Mustang there at Detroit? Yeah, they said they, they will. That's their, oh, okay. That's when they're premiering. Um, no, but the new the new Camaro, obviously, um, it's coming out. It is already out. Uh, it's updated. So there's bound to be updated ZR, Z28s and ZL1 mm-hmm. versions. Actually, I don't even know if they really came out with the Z28 because the ZL1 was so good. You didn't really need a track-focused Camaro because the ZL1 did everything. Right. So, I mean, kudos to them. Okay, I found it here. Was that your dog or was that the car? Oh, have a listen. Go ahead. Ooh. Is that, sorry, is that the test mule of the 500? It sounds good. I mean, we didn't really hear it doing anything there. Well, no, because just that idle. But that doesn't sound. I can't tell. I, I could only really tell what it what the. That sounds to me like a like a like a the five liter though, the regular the regular engine. I don't know what it's called. I don't know. My ear's not tuned that way. 
the oh the other thing that made the flat plane crank v8 sound so good was that there was the firing order it's different than the conventional v8 so it fires uh in a in a in a weird order that sort of makes that's what makes ferrari sound good it's like that it's that higher pitch performance exhaust sound because ferraris use uh flat plane crank mm-hmm. v8s and their transverse v8s and, and or what used to be transverse i think now they so what they're saying is um people are uh, car and driver employees are, are thinking that it's going to have the 5.2 liter v8 the fuck similar is to the flat plane unit used in the gt350 but with traditional cross plane crankshaft okay that's what they're th- guessing so it's still going to sound as good but probably sit up high hey i don't care i think the sound's more important than anything else um, flagship Truth About Cars also published images of a wiring diagram showing a Mustang V8 mm-hmm. with a big supercharger on top. Well, we knew that already. Um, why don't we move into another flagship vehicle? Did we know that, Anthony? We definitely knew it was going to be a V8 and supercharged. Yeah, it's a GT500. Yeah, they've only been doing they're that They're showing for the supercharger on top. Shut up, you <laughs> idiot. As opposed to on the side. Yeah, as opposed to like, like in the like trunk a, aftermarket. Like a tur- <laughs> Um, another flagship that we're going to talk about, and I we promise is our last flagship. Yeah, this is 100% a flagship. If this isn't a flagship, what is it? It's a Fugazi, the new McLaren Speedtail. Fugazi, Fugazi. It literally in the article, driveit.ca, shout out to our Canadian brethren. In the article title, it literally says the fastest, most powerful McLaren ever. And this was released a few days ago. So this is this is new news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with a price tag uh, to suit $2.9 million. Not street legal in the U.S., uh, but of course, people are already snatching them up. Um, yeah, it's going to kill, I think, kill the, 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 the current pricing of McLaren F1s. I think I think people does that, this replace the F one? No. Was the? I don't think so. But it, it, it it's it's got three seats and a center drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is different. This is so different. I don't know. I think I think McLaren did say that this isn't isn't a replacement for for the F one. It's just that it borrows those 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 things. Was the P one yeah, the P one you weren't sitting in the middle? The center no. you were, you sat in the middle though. No. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. I guarantee the center you sit in the middle. Nope. Yes. I'm very I'm very sure. While you while you fact check that, I'll give you guys a little bit of of a rundown on Can this. Can we bet so, on it? What do you want to bet? Twenty banos. Three hundred million dollars. Yeah, okay. Of fairy cash. You ready? Yeah. It's hundred percent left hand drive. Like oh, I said. shit. Okay. Well whatever. I I thought it I, I remember it being like that. Maybe it's because they have the glass on the doors of the Senna, so you you can look at Maybe through but them. that's just to see how much coin is in the owner's pocket you're a loser <laughs> um i don't understand those those at all i think it's meant to make it feel more spacious um because it because you're so low to the ground it just helps it's probably hard to see out of the car so they, they put them they, i think it's kind of cool not cool from the outside i think it look it, it cuts up the car's bodywork, but from the inside it's definitely something you're not used to being to seeing uh speaking of something you're not used to seeing before we talk about the outside of this car which I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know. Like McLaren styling, I'm, I haven't been a huge fan of when it comes to their like flagship models. You know, I wasn't a fan of the Senna. Uh, the P1 was the last one I thought was really really cool. This car 
looks it doesn't it doesn't scream McLaren to me other than the front the nose there, there's not a whole lot that I can really identify with on this vehicle um, but I do like the shots of the interior uh, if I can find them here because I think that is super futuristic basically yes it's a three-seater the driver sits in the middle in front of the two passenger seats uh, and instead of conventional mirrors on the car you have two screens that are mounted uh, right beside or right in front of the A pillars to act as mirrors, and you have this massive cockpit, uh, very like so driver focused. The only thing I think is kind of weird, and maybe this is the same with the original McLaren F1. If you look at these photos of the interior, you're sitting with passengers, but they're the only passengers that you can see are the shins and feet of your passengers. Yeah, because they're slight, they're not they're, yeah. the drivers not sitting in front; they're like offset. But how isn't that isn't that a little bit strange? Because you have let's say you want to drive with three people, you just have a pair of you, legs. You, you won't even see their feet. Well, yeah, you'd be focused on the road, but you just have a pair of legs beside you. It's kind no, of, it's just. I, I think it's a little bit strange. Um, but I I don't know. I think the the interior is very cool. That's exactly what I would have expected. Uh, if they were gonna bring this this style back, I'm not sure how I feel though about the exterior, especially that goofy ass front rim. Okay, so that's for aerodynamics. Um, but, okay, look at the. Can we not engineer around that? Like we've hit 200 miles. Uh, I guess oh, is this is 250 miles an hour. Is, is the top speed that they're claiming? Um, I don't let's know. see here. Um, oh, okay. Sorry, I was wrong. McLaren quotes the dry mass of the speed tail at 1430 kilograms. That's light as shit. Um, with some. 1,035 horsepower from the hybrid yeah. electric powertrain. So this is replacing the P1, if anything. Yeah, uh, obviously. From the hybrid yeah, yeah. electric powertrain on tap. You're on your way to 299 kilometers an hour in just 12.8 seconds, all the way to a top speed of 403 kilometers an hour. Almost 10 seconds have dropped off the McLaren F1's 0 to 300 kilometer an hour time. That's pretty crazy when you think about that. And the, you explained it yourself, the reason for that wheel. It's for aerodynamics. It, they did the same thing on the electric cars. You explained it, not me. No, you pretty sure you said that. You said it's for aerodynamics, and I complained. You couldn't engineer around that? This is a super Not car. right now. I'm saying back when we were talking about electric cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant right because, now. Because, okay, look, look at the, the all the air. It goes in through underneath that light. Yeah. It comes out to the side of the wheel and see that little door handle looking thing right behind the wheel arch? Uh let me just pull this up. There's so many photos here. Yeah, look at the like the diagonal view of the car. Like the, the, the diagonal front, view of the front. front right corner. Yes. Okay, so see behind the wheel arch there's that little thing that kind of looks like a, it's a handle that should pop yeah, out. Yeah. So when you hit a certain speed that comes out. Oh, like, and that, uh, like on a plane, those little sticks. Sure, and that, that redirects airflow down and, and through another spot. That's interesting. So they needed that, that wheel to be that way. So can you tell me what is 409 kilometers an hour in miles? 230? Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out if this is like the fastest road car in the world. But I know that the Koenigsegg Regera RS or Agera RS. There's a Regera. Does okay. What the what? the Agera is the is the performance yeah, one. Much? The Regera. How fast? How fast? I don't know. Like two. I think it was like two forty or two fifty. And you said four hundred and nine. Yeah. Two fifty four. Ooh. Okay. Well, I okay. I might be wrong. They might have hit two sixty or something. I don't know if this this car wasn't built to beat records, um, but 
it's definitely going to be one of the fastest cars in the world. Man, it's real fast. Yeah, 100%. 10 seconds faster, uh, 0 to 300 kilometers an hour, than a McLaren F1, which was already an insanely fast car. F1 cars at like, and like long straights go like 375 kilometers. kilometers. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's also about how fast they get there. Right. They're not about straight line speed. They're about, yeah. Yeah. The acceleration. But like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just no, saying. It, when you it, think it, of a fast car, you think F1 car. It's fast. In certain ways, yeah. Anthony. I mean, nothing, this nothing. complains too much. This is the future. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this thing. I, especially in the colors. Bleh. That's not a color Watch. you release it in. They they screwed up by releasing the Senna in orange, and then they screw up again by releasing this but in what I can look at, only look describe at McLaren, man. Look, they as released dental this. floss blue. Look at the cars, that, how fast McLaren. We talked about this, how yes. fast McLaren releases cars. Yes, yes. But we talk uh, about this how, last long, how long are we going to give them such a you know a benefit of the doubt because of how fast they release cars? It's impressive. They're I don't want to hang this on my bedroom wall. I'd, rather, I'd much rather hang a, a McLaren F1. Because that's what you grew up around. Maybe. Nowadays, kids just want to hang up Supreme posters of, of yeah, I-8s. And like Supreme staplers inside glass cases. <laughs> like Supreme Coke cans. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I think it's it's impressive. It's, it's a feat of engineering. Um, Doesn't it suck to just have to be like, oh, well, this car is, has credentials because it's a feat of engineering. Maybe I'm being way too hard on Go it. Go buy a GT500, Anthony. Maybe I'm being way too hard on it. Maybe I'm being way too I hard think on you it. you are. Dude, those are the mirrors, man. Those little things that come out of the side. Yes, they also redirect air, but those are the cameras for the mirrors. Of course. Oh, okay. I thought you said, like, I thought you meant they were like the ailerons on a plane. Not no. <laughs> but like the little <laughs> sticks that come out, like, tee, tee. There, there's clearly a camera inside there. <laughs> yeah, but the the, the path the dual of, purpose. The path of the air goes through the vent underneath the light, and and you know they what else? made that that wheel flat so that it can go right past. You it know what else does that? Mirror. You know what else does that? If you just put mirrors on the side of your car. Oh my god! It also does similar. Um, one thing I think is kind of cool that I want to bring up the if you look at the rear deck lid, uh, it's got those spoilers which we've seen before. I think the Pagani Huayra had yep. literally identical. Um, active arrow uh, spoilers on the rear deck lid. I'm sure. These ones look pretty cool because you can't actually see a seam. And maybe this is because... It's because they're... It's a rendering. Poorly rendered pictures. If you, There's a whole bunch of videos. They already did press shit with this. Oh, okay. All the guys in England already did videos with the, with this car. What's going on with the mirrored uh, roof? Oh, no. That's the center console. I thought the roof... Okay, if you look at the interior shot, and I encourage everyone at home Hold to on. go and do this. Look at this dead-on interior shot from the driver's perspective. I thought... Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the center console. I thought that was a mirror image of what was below it because I forgot that this is a a middle-seater car. That's the center console. Okay, that's pretty cool. The entire center console is above the driver's head. Well, yeah, it's not going to be in the center of the car in between the Uh, driver's legs. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty cool. This is a spaceship. Yeah. When you think about it like that, it's cooler. You want to know something else, Anthony? What? What McLaren considers this is a grand touring so hypercar. It's, so it's basically just meant to cross continents with your mates. And guess what, Anthony? With your mates? Yeah. Well, do you mean like yeah? But do you mean like friends, or do you mean like potent? Who knows? There's enough room in this thing mm-hmm. to store three full size luggage. Wow. Wow, I they wonder, they did they did actually they considered it a grand touring 
Interesting. Car. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, the people buying this are definitely going to drive the hell out of it. It definitely won't just sit in a, in a, in a garage in Abu Dhabi. I quit. You know, let's stop being negative. Let's move on to let's move on to watches. Something that I love to talk about, and I can get so enthusiastic with. Why would that sound so sarcastic? I don't know. I don't know. But there is a watch I do want to talk about, and um, it's kind of important because I think it's the first uh, watch of note from this brand in a very, very long time. Bomb and Mercier has released uh, the new Bombatic. Yeah. Other than the. Um that homage piece. Shut that up. They made. You shut up to that motorcycle uh, thing. Uh, get out of here. No, this is way better. And the reason why it's better is because you have if you if you have 2700 US dollars to spend on a fairly sporty looking dress watch, um this is probably one of the most sophisticated movements you're going to get for the money. For example, you can spend that money towards a used Seamaster uh of my gen, which is just a fairly robust coaxial Etta, mm-hmm. coaxial modified Etta, or you can spend that on a uh, a movement with a 120 hour power reserve, a silicon. Uh, so I'm just going to read this off Hodinkee's website because this is this is too watch nerdy for me, but I can appreciate what they're saying. The Clifton Manual 1830. So this is actually sorry, that's the old watch. Let me talk about the new watch. <laughs> the next step. So the big thing about the Balmatic is it's the next step in the evolution of silicon technology at the Richemont Group. Richemont Group, much like Swatch Group, massive, massive group. They own tons. They're, they're an amalgamation of tons of, of brands that you know and love. Uh, and uh, Bomb and Mercy is one of their brands, of course. Um, this is their new watch. I'm just trying to get to the point where it talks about the movement. Uh, B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b. Uh, baby, wow, this is man. Hodinkee's really got to get to the point here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Under the hood, here we go. Is the caliber M, sorry, BM uh, bowel movement 12 9 197A self winding with a five day power reserve. So, yeah, Panerai, eat shit with your eight day. This is definitely cheaper than a Panerai eight day. Uh, five, uh, yeah, obviously. Five day power reserve. Um, it's very, very similar to an Etta twenty eight twenty four, which is a like very, very standard cl- classic movement. Um, but what you're getting here is a very special twin spur balance spring. It also has an, a silicon escape wheel and lever. The latter have optimized geometry for better transfer of energy via the lever from the escape wheel to the balance. Um, they, this design is called Powerscape Escapement by Bomb and Mercier. So what are you getting with... And also, okay, have you seen the back of this thing? Mm-hmm. The way they decorated it, they did the goddamn movement justice. I like that. You don't like that? No. They're Cote de Genève, but they are, they are definitely machined. It's clearly not done by hand. For me, like um, open case backs with... Like for automatic watches? Yeah. I don't mind giant them. rotor. I don't mind them cool. if they if they do something to them, which is what they've done here, Mikey. They've they've there's a way to make a rotor look presentable, and that's what they've done. And this this has a lot of um. I you know, this is gonna sound like uh like blasphemy here. There's a lot of Frederick Constant going on in this rotor. I think Frederick Constant was the first watch brand who I saw really popularize. Sorry, entry level watch brand. Who I saw popularize cutting out a portion of the rotor 
to display what was behind the rotor because because you're right when you have a, a self-winding automatic with a uh, with an open case back but a fat rotor covering three quarters uh, of the of the movement then it kind of sucks you're just staring at this disc spinning around and you mm-hmm. got to move it out of the way so you can uh, appreciate the watch but what they've done here and what Frederick Constant's been doing for a very long time they cut out a huge portion of that um, so you still have a, a weighted rotor, but now you get to uh, uh, see multiple parts of the of the movement at once. But no, I really like what they've done here. I've liked the Clifton line from Bomb and Mercier for a long time, but I never had a reason to buy one other than finding them aesthetically pleasing. What I think Bomb and Mercier has benefited from here at being a part of the Richemont group is now they've they've put proper power. Uh, and proper engineering behind one of one, well, you know, a watch that deserved it for a long time, and the Hodinkee article kind of kind of talks about that. Why would Richemont Group decide to to pioneer and present its silicon technology and all the technology in this movement on a bomb and Mercier because it is the perfect balance between entry level and and you know higher higher horology or whatever you want to call it. Sorry, not horology. That's too high up. Perfect balance between entry level and luxury. This is still attainable by regular enthusiasts. It's a good way to get this movement in the hands of regular people who can put aside for about a year and a half enough money, you know, who who can see this at a certain point and buy it maybe a year later. I think, or people who have been saving up and, and have that disposable income at this moment to, to buy it. We're not talking about a five thousand dollar watch here. We're talking about one significantly less than that. Unless you're in Canada. And then after tax you're looking at close to five. But I think this is a this is a solid piece. And aesthetically speaking, I mean, they didn't take many risks on the dial. I really like the um, the small uh, numerals. The Can I pick the this tens. thing apart? Go ahead, pick it apart. Do, do, right. do me justice. Um, scroll to the big picture of like the like the zoomed in picture of of the, you get a decent sized picture of the watch of the, of the dial. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See how they have like kind of like crosshairs. I like that a lot. Right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Having the date window. Yeah. At the three. Yeah. Ruins it. Ruins the symmetry of the watch. A hundred percent. Take away the 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 five day chronometer and put the date there, or take away bombmatic altogether, or display bombmatic. Whatever you want to do, make it work. Given given how important bombmatic is to this brand, mm-hmm. they have to put it somewhere. I agree, did not need a date. But where were they going to put it? They had to put the date somewhere. Date and functions for I, uh, No, I mean, like, if they if it had no date, this would be a hell of a lot sexier of a watch to look at. Because that window, and they even tried to thin it out. Like, that's a very, very narrow, rectangular date window. But you're right, man. That That is, now that you've drawn my attention to it, that is a goddamn eyesore. And on an otherwise the, the, the flawless font, dial. The font... Of, of of the of the minutes mm-hmm. so like i don't mind that at all plain it reminds me of 60 minutes uh hodinkee does <laughs> say does bring up a point yeah right hodinkee does bring up a point um the the aesthetic for this piece was precision and you see that in the design of the hands the hour and the minute hands they're so like it's almost like they're they were chiseled they're very very sharp very pointed you cannot uh, uh what Tell me that. Look at the minute hand. 
Look at look at the the angle that it goes down on. I think they're not sword hands. They're they're very narrow and pointed, and even the the chapter markers very very narrow, very thin. It seems very precise. I can appreciate that. Um, I want to see what they do with this line. If they offer a no date version for for less money, hundred percent. I make that call in a heartbeat. Um, the only thing is, I'd probably replace my my Viso date with a piece like this. Because I think my Tissot is better value for money than this. What Tissot would be? My my Viso date, sorry. That the Viso dates you can find for like six hundred beans. Yeah. And you're getting a solid at a movement, very similar aesthetics. This is a fantastic movement. But beyond that, we're not getting uh, okay. You know what? The hundred hundred twenty hour power reserve is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But beyond that, I don't know. And th- this is very aesthetically similar to my to my Viso date, just a little bit more busy on the dial, not as classic uh, in its approach. Right. Um, you know what? I shouldn't say that. If I had the money when I bought the Viso date, if I had the money I have now, I might have instead got the Bomb and Mercier. And I think a lot of people avoid Bomb and Mercier because of the of the higher barrier to entry over Hamilton and Tiso. Sure. You go into most shops. They'll have Hamilton and Tissot beside each other. They'll have Bomb and Mercy on the other side of the shop. Yeah. And and shops that carry these watch, they all carry the same thing. Yeah. I, I put Bomb and Mercy in the same realm price wise as Oris, uh, but without any of sure. the without. They kind of the, hit different markets, like yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, price strictly price wise, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I meant because obviously Oris are more I think uh, utilitarian, and uh, Bomb and Mercy has always been a little bit more dressy. Um, it's just losing me. Like it's it's too busy. Really? Yeah. I think we got to get our hands on one in person. I want to see a Balmatic in person. Between the crosshairs, between the the all the all the numbers. I like the crosshairs. It's such a small dial. Everything's so like. This is a thirty-eight, I, I believe. Take. Huh? This is a thirty-eight. Yes, yeah, tiny. I really uh, for a for a mouse. Yeah. Yes. Um. This the image it's they too wordy. Here. There's too many. There's like make it more simple. Yeah, the image they posted here of these little uh, circles that have been drawn. Yeah, what are they to represent? This is this is these um, these markings on the back of the it's, rotor. It's it's the 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 balance spring, the silicone balance springs. Oh, <laughs> no! But is that is that what we're looking at here? What they've put is that, that the picture? same design that they've put on the back of the rotor? Is those those little circles, or are those just the actual balance springs in uh, being manufactured? Never mind. Silicon, yeah, silicon wafer etched with silicon balance spring. Yeah. Where is this silicon wafer here? I don't know, Anthony. I don't know. I'm lost in this watch, Mikey. Oh, look! Look at the wrist shot. It, it's it's too busy. I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they so much going on if for, they for, took for out, such a simple like attempt. Yeah. If they, took, but I th- I, and that, that's not to discount like it's it's technology it's great it's for value for value my god yeah uh, five day power reserve whatever mm-hmm. it's really really good it's just i don't know if, if, they, if they release a version of it with less clutter yeah and i think they will because i've seen a lot of beautiful dials for yep. bomb and mercier that's definitely in the works um but i think we've we i think they do have a bomb uh a bombmatic with out it, it's a lot more simple Mm-hmm. But well, it's not. It's technology. not COSC certified. Yeah, that's the one. This is cost certified. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's not Meta certified too. like the new Omegas are. Well, I'm, I've messed out on. 
get out of here you your hatred of omega the literally the greatest watch brand of all time i was saying i i, I under my breath I said omega's to another level Oh, okay. I thought you were. Yeah, I thought you meant that's, that's like, why I said that like that. Come on, Anthony. But no, I, I literally was looking at Speedmasters today. Get out of here. Um, let's move on to a bit of a, a bit of a. Um, what, would, what would I call it? Beautiful art. Beautiful art. No, um, fantastic design. Um, leader in the forefront of technology. Except it's none of those things. This is the Corum Admiral Forty Five, and there's really it doesn't really fit into our 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 top like any of our topics today. But uh, when Mikey saw this on Instagram, he thought he should send it to me because Corum, as we know, a bit of a micro brand, maybe a little bit bigger than a micro brand. Um, Did, have you seen all the watches that they have? They're very niche. On, look, okay, but they're wacky. They're wacky, wavy, inflatable arm okay, flailing. Can, can we just get to the point? I have, I have no desire to talk at all about, about Corum. Well, we should. They have a wood watch. They have, you know, they use it's extensive use of wood in the dial. But let me tell you, it's proper use of wood. And when you look at it on a bronze <sighs> on their bronze case, it looks like something straight off of a pirate ship, uh, which is what they were going for here. Listen, if you own a Corum. You probably also have a tattoo of Ghost Rider, uh, <laughs> in in the way that you want the loudest, most weird, crazy. Not wouldn't say stupid. It's a it's very Corum is a very niche brand that feels very odd taste because their watches are actually pretty good. Watchfinder's actually done a couple of videos on yeah, Corum that's watches. Fine, that's fine. I, I, they make proper you know maybe pieces. maybe they have proper pieces, but guess what? If you're putting so wood in your strange. watch. I do not care. Like okay, I don't know right. care to read about it. I don't care that much, but I want to talk. I just want to bring attention to it. If you're look, if you're looking for something to just talk about at your next dinner party and, and make people first of all, first of all uh, intrigue people based on the quirky watch you have. Second of all, uh, intrigue them based on the price of the quirky watch you have. Quorum's your brand. It'll be like, oh my god, is that wood in your watch? Yeah, it cost me seven thousand dollars. What? what? Okay, wait, wait, wait. We did not coordinate that. That was a genuine one. Yeah, that for was me. that was. Like, I never no. looked at the price. I don't know. Okay. Seven thousand. Corums are expensive. I don't know if no. this one is seven grand, but Corums get up there. Here, how do we, how do we learn more? Case movement. Uh, I don't even care. Oh, actually, no. I'm the kid. They have, they have a shop option. We should I'm order, find out. We should order one and light it on fire out. because you can't. Sal, Sal clearly like that. Man, look, Corums. Corums got weird stuff. What's this called? holy gold look at the golden bridge stream automatic what is going yeah, maybe on maybe i'm i can't i also can't find maybe they can't ship the wood because it's gonna get moldy probably that's got to be a problem golden i'm just bridge gonna pick watch. i'm gonna pick uh, a watch from the from the from the admiral well, sixty thousand dollars boom buckled that's the wood one anthony sorry no, golden bridge stream okay automatic. this this quorum which is in the same line is 10 yeah, dude, these are fifteen eight. Okay, maybe there's something to these. Oh, I told you they and make good watches. That's fine. Maybe I'm maybe I'm dumb. And they lose value like crazy because no one really like. I don't think people really care. Admiral Collection, American one dollar, silver dollar. Okay, the Admiral Collection, um, I think starts around nine. So the the wood one you're looking at, you're looking at a pretty penny. Artisan hobo coin watch. <laughs> Let's quote let's, unquote Bitcoin. Let twenty one grand. How about we not look at that anymore? Like why? I don't care. Let's move on. Yeah, let, we're done talking about Corum. 
But one day I will buy a quorum bubble, mm. and we'll leave it at that. A quorum bubble. Uh, yeah, they lose, but they depreciate What's bad. A I don't know. Federico's got a couple on his uh, on Actually, his website. Yeah, quorum bubble. I haven't checked out his website in a while. You should, and I, I would buy a watch from Federico. Um, of course, talking about Federico talks watches. Oh, and do your impression. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Explain. Hey, and uh, yeah, sorry. Um, so I should explain the story now that we're talking about Federico here. Um, <laughs> So I was watching uh, Federico Talks Watches the other day, and he was talking about, um, he was just answering viewer questions. And there was a guy who asked him, hey, Federico, what do you think about micro brands? You know, like, do you have any ones that are your favorites? And Federico went on a bit of a rant uh, saying how he thought a lot of micro brands are smoke and mirrors. And he's right. Um, there's a, there's, it's so difficult to wade through that, that, um, to sift through that mass, right? Because how many brands out there know the keywords people are looking for? Automatic Japanese movement, uh, made in Switzerland, uh, or, or designed in Switzerland. It, all, all these crazy things. Three sixteen stainless steel case. All all of these all of these uh, bywords for quality that people don't really understand are very inexpensive to produce, especially if you're getting them from from certain areas. So. He he's right. A lot of a lot of micro brands are built upon smoke and mirrors. But he wanted to talk about one brand that he really liked and he really appreciates. He learned about it in the last year, and I already knew where he was going when he said he said it because he uh, he went like he went about it and he was kind of avoiding the name. And then he eventually said Ming uh, because Federico he, he kind of lingers on letters when he talks. So like, one of my favorite micro brands is called ming <laughs> anyway that's that's the impression mikey's talking oh. about but you know federico a uh, fantastic guy never met him but i can tell just from his from his content that he's a quality person and i would i would definitely buy a watch from him and congrats to ming for uh for making it onto his show mikey is uh doing a little cheerleader dance for for you guys there um but no i think that's pretty cool because uh clearly uh, like federico reaches a huge uh, amount of of watch nerds and especially young enthusiasts i think he because he he doesn't overcomplicate things you know hodinki can be kind of um can be kind of intimidating to go on if you don't know a lot about watches because something you might have thought was really cool you'll end up quickly finding out that was was not very cool hashtag original grain but what Frederico does, he kind of helps you understand, and it's very similar to like the Urban Gentry and TGV. That's how I started to get it more into knowing about watches and knowing what quality watches were versus non-quality watches. Um, so just wanted to bring up that and a little bit uh, toward our, our theme today of micro brands. In other micro brand news, a bit more upsetting micro brand news. Why is it upsetting? Yeah, I shouldn't say upsetting, but it's upsetting given the amount of money that this that this thing yeah, is. Well, but it's not even the the quality of, the, of the product. Yeah, Movado Group uh, bought Movement Watches. This isn't new news. This happened back in August, I believe. Uh, the purchase was, but Movado, uh, which owns a lot more, uh, or, 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 or uh, is is responsible for a lot more watch companies than I had previously realized. We're talking Tommy Hilfiger, Lacoste. Um, what were some of the other ones? A lot of ones I I, I can't even. Tommy Bahama. No, a Ferrari, Scuderia Ferrari, like they they produce those. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. Uh, a Hugo Boss. I didn't know they produced Hugo Boss like that. They're the ones who own it, Movado Group, and it kind of makes sense. Sorry, I know I'm not talking to the mic, but my nose is running a little bit here. Um, it kind of makes sense because 
I'll challenge some of our viewers. Walk into a a a watch store, a jewelry store that sells Movado, and you're gonna find that it's also the kind of store that's gonna sell Hugo Boss, uh, Scuderia Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. Uh, it would not Fossil because that's a different brand. They won't sell Fossil. They won't touch Fossil, but they'll sell those watches. And that that's that's like some of the the most hypocritic hypocritical shit I've ever heard. Like, is that the these stores that sell fashion watches, they won't touch shit from Fossil or Seiko, but they'll pump out all day Movado and and all of its little sub brands, Lacoste watches, Hugo Boss watches. What, what Anthony? Yeah. Now they'll be selling MVMT. Now they'll be selling goddamn MVMT. Literally the skeeviest, shittiest pieces of crap on the internet. Why am I so hateful towards these know. guys? Because they took minimalist design. I'm looking right now, and this is the classic Movado, or sorry, movement, soon to be Movado, chronograph with no numbers on it. <laughs> what do you... What time are you recording here? Here, here. I'm going to read a Your little... Your recording ex- hand position is what... <laughs> I'm going to read a little excerpt from uh, this, this TechCrunch article. Yeah, go ahead. MVMT is a well-known as a fashion brand, namely a brand that... Sorry. This, this dog. If that was me snorting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Namely a brand... Is it still you snorting? No. Now that's the dog. <laughs> go ahead. MVMT is a well-known... Is well known as a fashion brand, namely a brand that sells cheaper quartz watches that are sold on style versus complexity or cost. Their pieces include standard three-handed models and newer quartz chronographs. Standard three-handed models. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's stupid. It's what do you mean? That's say it. Hour, minute, and yeah, and that's seconds. fine. But the way they say it, like, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, and to get to prepare for this topic, because we did want to talk about it. Um, oh, uh, we should probably get the elephant out of the room here. They bought MVMT for a hundred million with a condition to pay another hundred million, dependent on, I guess, performance uh, of the brand over yeah. the next two years or something. Well, last last year they re- they um, they revenued seventy one million. I, I, it's totally understandable, but. I was I, I did a lot of research. I, I listened to a couple of other podcasts who covered this topic to to really understand a little bit more about this, uh, about this purchase. But not it's not just rant about how much I hate MVMT. But MVMT might have a serious problem here. They've kept it. So it was started by two guys straight out of college. Um, they they've kept them on at one as CEO, one as CFO. Uh, and what their what their plans are? They've they've given them a hundred million to buy out the company. The second hundred million is a conditional uh, amount, and they're not sure. What no one really knows what these what these conditions are, how they're going to get the second hundred million out of this. But a lot of people are believing it's going to be based on performance. Now, something like movement, they're going to have a hard time keeping up the the um, the keeping up their revenue, I think, because there's not a lot of people who are going to buy more than one movement. The reason why you spend $100 million buying the movement brand is because of their viral marketing. Their marketing is crazy good. Not only did they did they kill it through Instagram and, and, other, and, other, uh, and other just social media murdered sources. Murdered Facebook. They murdered Facebook. That's how I, I came across movements before I came across Original Grant. That's I wanted to buy one. with them. Yeah, I wanted to buy one. Um, but then the YouTube blitz that they went on, every 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 YouTube personality who w- who had a younger audience movement hit. We got to give these guys some credit. They are marketing gods. Like the yeah. way they went at this. Also, what you they said, built you, a company out of you, you really said, nothing. Um, 
someone that buys this watch isn't going to buy another one. That's completely wrong. People that buy Hold these on. watches buy many of them because they buy them to match their sorry outfits because they're fashion yes, watches. They are fashion watches. They are selling a style here. They're selling this like cal- this LA. And it's so inexpensive. LA. You can have mo- multiple. That's bro. it. Join the movement. You know, style shouldn't be expensive. But dude, this isn't style. The style doesn't come out of a box. Style is something you acquire. You you're not required. Something you acquire. You build a style based on what you like. And I'm sorry. This is not a, this is this is taking uh, certain pieces of other people's style and turning it into a watch and and calling it minimalist for the sake of just offering the cheapest thing possible because you know what's really eff- effective and efficient about minimalism? There's very little things <laughs> that are there. It's minimal quantities of stuff on the watch that the watch has to be built off of. I think their quality has improved since since the their when they came out. Hold on, sure. because they have released more, more a little bit more thoughtful designs, and I know this is like this is literally like saying, uh, giving credit to uh, to Budweiser for being a more tasty beer than it used to be. Um, but uh, I know that, that that's probably not a great metaphor. But I've been working all day. My point is this: they've definitely stepped up. They've definitely put a little bit more thought into their into their designs. If you own like the first generation of the movement watches, then you you've been cucked because those are pieces of junk. But if you buy the newer ones, maybe you could you could you could identify the reason you spent three hundred dollars at least maybe in the in the in in the design. I don't know, but the one thing that you're you're always gonna understand is that you you lose resale value immediately with these watches because there is no market for used movement watches, and not that not that that is like the most important thing in the world. Of course, it's not. There's no movement. Or, or there's no there's no real market for used Seiko fives because they're so cheap out of the box. But there is a uh, a market for Seiko fives because they're good watches. The only market that ever existed for movement was that they targeted their consumers. No one, I don't think anyone is gonna walk into the bay and see the Movado watch and see the movement watch beside and say, okay, well maybe I'll spend three hundred dollars instead on the movement watch. I don't see that happening. There's a lot of there's a lot of problems. Yeah, what with if, what if someone move. likes the the look of the MVMT over the the look of the Seiko Five, Anthony? I don't know. Oh, okay, no, of course people are people are gonna buy these over Seiko Fives any day because these are these are a fashionable size. You know, they're, what I they're know? a fashionable price. Yeah. What? What kind of watches these guys have? Yeah, I thought about that too. And I'm sure they wear they wear them. They they gotta have. Them. Let me ask you this. Why they do couldn't you have think? been watch guys. They couldn't have been watch guys and built this brand. They just, I, I at some point it turned where they're like, people, some people, at some point it turned where they're like, we can make a shit ton of money with this. If we go in this direction, let's do it. Some people just don't give a shit. Look, they're ge- man. They are genius. This no, their yeah, model they, is going to well. be followed ten times over by people. Um, but the fact that they did it with such an unremarkable product is what I what I think gets me. But let's let's get over the because we can shit on on uh, movement all day. But before we call it on, wait one more thing to shit on. Yeah, uh, I want to read a comment or three. Oh, you love, you sure. love I love picking up the comments. So one guy says, "Can you please send me a catalog? I'm always buying watches. I love fashion watches and luxury watches." Oh, and the guy underneath said, "How about you Google MVMT watches <laughs> and look at them yourself? How hard is that?" And the guy under him said, or just do yourself and your wallet a favor and skip MVT and Movado entirely and buy a real watch. 
<laughs> and well, then the guy under that said, "Wow, excellent! I love to see more like this. If you have other designs, please share me." What are these? What are these on? What's these? these TechCrunch. These are on the TechCrunch article. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Anyways. Listen, these guys. Credit words do did a fantastic job of cucking uh, Movado out of a hundred million dollars. But let me ask you, what's in it for Movado? Now they now they've acquired this brand. What's in it for them? It's not the it's not this isn't a long play. This isn't a no. They'll uh, probably just keep it as a, as a brand, as a separate brand. What do they gain? Think about it in a business sense. What are they gaining from this? Their revenue. Is this a hundred million? You think it's a hundred million dollars? They, ran, they, they could were, have made a new company that looked like uh, movement for no. for a quarter of that. Yes, for a quarter of that price. These watches cost like five dollars to produce. You know how cheap these pieces of shit are. These are these are okay. So what's I've in seen it for the them? videos. People can go on Alibaba and make you a fake movement okay, watch. Well, what's in it for, for them? I think they needed the viral marketing. Movado and and I'm getting this from the other podcasts I've listened to. They, people have really identified. They could just this. do that. They without spending they haven't million. been able to. They, Why they sorry, could? They Just could have, but they didn't. They instead spent a hundred million on on no, on uh, acquiring this. Yes, it's Dude, it's clearly a the, good company to, the, have to own, so they bought it. The only good thing about it is their marketing. That's it. That's why they bought it. They needed that. They needed these guys working for them. Because Movado hasn't been doing shit. They had a fantastic marketing uh, marketing brand. I'm, I'm getting this from one of the podcasts. I think it's called Spending Time. Um, you check them out. They wow. Really Plug guys. another podcast. But no, uh, they had a fantastic marketing campaign in the 90s. I know my girlfriend's parents, they bought Movado, matching Movado watches for their engagement. In the 90s, Movado was the hottest shit because it was, it was stylish Swiss quartz, which back then was cool. Since then, they never really penetrated the online market space, the, the, the digital storefront. And no one's going into the bay anymore to get their watches. No one's putting things on layaway. People are just making impulse purchases for fashion watches now. It's not it, it, luxury watches are different. People people take years to, to make a decision on a on a five thousand dollar purchase, most people. But when it comes to these impulse fashion watch bullshit things, the storefronts they're not they're not a great place to sell anymore. Online is where you're gonna get the volume, where you're gonna get people who are just horny for that next thing. That's where you're gonna get them. And I think that's what Movado needed. They needed that uh, a market share where they could do that, where they could learn about that. And what better way than to buy a company? I guarantee you these guys couldn't wait to offload this company. So, I mean, I don't think they, they definitely didn't give it away to steal. They, they gave it away for quite a bit more than I think anyone thought it would be worth. $20 million I could see. Like... Given the revenue, who gives a shit? It, it, how many? How long do you think Movado's gonna or Movement's gonna last? I don't think very long. All it takes is one other company to do the marketing better than they did, and they're gone. They're, you they're, can say that about anything. No, you can't because the product usually stands for itself. But here, that's not the case. The products here are terrible. At least they were. I haven't I haven't held a, a, a Movement watch in a very long time. So. Yeah, I've got like three. I've been collecting them. Yeah. Remember Hoovy? Did I show you Hoovy's that? Hoovy's Garage? Yeah. yeah. That was the saddest day of my life when Hoovy from Hoovy's Garage, who is he's such an entertaining put a, personality. Put a plug for MVMT. For MVMT. And he said, I own three. Yeah, but you also own yeah. a Brightling Avenger. And I'm pretty sure he, he has. He wears a, on the daily. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he has. Uh, he knows enough about watches to know he's that self-proclaimed he's. Self-proclaimed watch guy. Why the hell are you wearing movement watches um, for then? Uh, yeah, uh, our buddy called him out. 
Yeah, uh, Federico called him out. Yeah, yeah. and he, he also called religion. out vehicle virgins without okay. saying vehicle virgins. Okay, well, Vincero, Vincero will never see the heights that movement saw because they're they're even skeevier. They're trying to attack. They're not even claiming the style. They're trying to attack. attack uh, oh, I'm going to I'm going to sell you a three thousand dollar watch for two hundred and seventy five of your dollars. Matt Farah does watch watch related content as well now, and he also plugged uh, movement. I don't know if it was Daniel Wellington or Movement or Vincero was one of the three. That's that's why I'll be honest. And Matt Farah, if you're hearing this, I I, I grew up watching the Drive Network, uh, and I grew up watching Matt Farah when he was with Rob. Um, I can't remember Rob's last name. Super Speeders, Rob, and the other guys from the Drive Network. They would go on like little challenges. I watched Matt Farah for a very very long time, and I really like Matt Farah's audio or um, auto segments. I love I love what he does with cars. But when it comes to watches, I think, listen, anyone will tell you a lot of people get into watches when they start to make a lot of money and and it, and it becomes that's, you know, not a lot of money when they start to have more disposable or dispensable income watches are for a lot of guys. That's that's an instant thing. Matt Farah's guaranteed it came uh, at a later point in life we got into got into more money and was able to spend it on these things i just don't see why someone who is that knowledgeable about watches would would plug movement watches even if movement watches offered this podcast uh, you know un- unbelievable riches and fame i don't care to sell my point of view like that and it's not that i hate moving i burn a movement watch no, we talk about we talk about micro brands that deserve more than 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 the the more success than what movement's seen. And I'd rather bring those guys to light than keep keep hyping up and being part of this this ad factory for movement watches. So Matt Farah, I lost a lot of respect when when you claim to have a watch podcast. If you were selling the marketing ideas, yeah, hundred percent. Sell sell their marketing ideas to micro brands. Ming, not that they need it. Ming offers a stellar product for the money. But you know, if Ming could market the way these guys did, boo! Not that they'd ever want to. I don't think they ha- they they care to 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 produce the thousands. Of, I don't even think they're capable of doing that, given the the quality of their of their product. But when Matt Farah was plugging that, and then to also have a podcast where you talk and 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 appreciate watches, in my opinion, there's the the, the appreciation of watches and the embellishment of the of fashion watches don't belong in the same segment they can coexist they they have to they don't belong in the same realm though that's that's my thing with with what matt farah did when he when he promoted that his second last post is of a grand seiko yeah i know he likes grand seiko a lot he talked about it on the joe rogan podcast he was wearing a spring drive i think it was a gmt dude he he definitely has the means to to buy proper pieces he probably has the pre- the appreciation to buy proper pieces but can you ever see yourself being approached by movement or no, now Movado and then pumping that? It goes it goes directly against what you're telling people. And I kind of think I always think if I if I'm gonna come out and say something like that, what would be Matt Farr's response? Maybe something along the lines of, oh well, you can't hate on stuff. You gotta you gotta give everything a fair shot. Something along those lines. Well, no, you don't. You well, you have boobies. to research. You have to research and, and, and find out about these things because they make you look dumb. The way Hoovy said is he has to make money. And yeah. those brands don't reach out. And brands like MVMT do. Yeah. I guess maybe that's where our opinions can be a little bit more um, 
not honest, but we, we don't have to worry about money. We do. We don't do this to make a profit. Yes. If this was a business for us. Yeah. That would be an obvious thing, but mm. I, yeah, it's still, I still feel weird even thinking about that. Who knows? Maybe 10 years from now we'll be selling our souls for the latest smartwatch. Who cares? That's a pile of junk. I hope not. I was, I was walking through the mall today. I went to a look at watches and saw these Armani smart watches. <laughs> I joked with, with our friend Eric about going to buy them. <laughs> I wasn't joking. I really wanted it. Um, actually, it's funny you say Armani smartwatch. One of the technicians that I work with, he came and showed me his because uh, he knew I liked watches. And I'll be honest, uh, if you're in the market for an inexpensive smartwatch, why not buy an Armani? One? I think it's Android based. It is. Yeah. Just like Fossil. What so do they, what do they what do they go for? I think he he bought his on like a box and he sale. So like his he paid way less. I I remember him saying he got it for very cheap. Maybe he got it in the states even. Um, but they're probably going for like three, maybe three, four hundred bucks. No, you can get a proper smartwatch for that much. It won't be as dressed up as the Armani watch. Like the Armani watches, to me, they they they're fashion watches, but they at I think this point we talked about smartwatches. I think one of the best looking smartwatches are the Galaxy. Victor's Galaxy. Yeah, man. It's Actually, got the it's rotating Victor, bezel. Yeah, and and it is the most watch like. But I right. think the Apple Watch is by no. far the best looking smartwatch. You know what the best looking smartwatch? It's the Apple, and, and they. I'm raising my Casio yeah. G-Shock GWM. Best looking smartwatch. Panerai Atomir. Ew, it's not smart at all. It's barely a watch, uh, but it barely has any numbers on it. Um, actually, funny that we we've gone uh, we've uh, started talking about the Casios. We should talk about our new value proposition. Sure. Yeah, you want to go. First? We've talked a whole bunch about the one I got, so we don't really need to say much about it. Well, people are interested; they want to know. People are not interested. Um, <laughs> no, I, I got I got a I got an SKX 007J. Can you believe this guy? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! First he copies our friend getting a two tone uh, Rolex, and then he copies me getting the exact same Seiko. It's yeah, just like me. constant, constant copycat over here. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised yeah, you don't yeah. have a house full of cats. Instead, you got a house full of dogs. Copycat. Um, Who has a house full of cats? Crazy cat ladies do. Oh. That's like a, literally the most popular pet trope. Crazy cat lady. There's not like crazy fish lady but or crazy, crazy cat dog. ladies copy people? No, I just I meant because copycat was in the was in the thing. Anyway, Anyways. how do you how do you like the SKX? Like you haven't really have you had a lot of wrist time with it? Uh I I, I got it last week, like uh Friday. Mm-hmm. And I've worn it twice. I daily the tag. It's so comfy. Yeah. Um but it came on the rubber strap, and I have no desire to wear that rubber strap. I've got a strap coming in. Yeah. Can made I ask? specifically for the SKX 007. Is it a strap code bracelet? No. I'm not going to put the thing on this bracelet. I don't like bracelets. I like bracelets. For uh, divers especially. No, rubber for really? me. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. It, it, rubber is so limited, though. It, what do you mean? Rubber is so limited. In what sense? Of what you can do with it. Or a different watch. What? What do you mean? What you can do? With uh, what it? you can dress? You can't really dress it up. Uh, you can kind of dress on a different it down. Watch. Yeah. Well, no. But I just. Anyway, yeah, this is. Your... I wouldn't. I wouldn't dress up the SKX anyways. You could. I, I'm. I'm aware, and people do pull it off very well. Um, no, but the reason why I bought it is I, I wanted a project watch because mm-hmm. obviously the SKX are very modable watches. Mm-hmm. I want to make something you know unique. That's cool. That's why I got it, Anthony. Yeah. Well, but the uh, the strap is not from strap code. It's um it's from a brand. I'll, I'll we'll we'll post it when it comes. Yeah. And I don't think you have any idea what it is. 
No, I, I, I honestly don't. You've probably I, never even heard of it. Probably. They've made one strap ever, and it's this one. It's their first strap that they've made. It's pretty cool. It's made specifically for the SKX. That's high praise. I'm excited for it. You actually got me excited for it now. I really hope, like, I, I hope it, it holds up. It looks really good. I hope, I hope, I hope the quality is, is it there. Is it rubber? Yes. Okay. Can we talk a little bit more about the rubber it came on? Because that was the no, first thing you told me. No, but hold on. This is about it's not, a okay, larger It's not point. rubber. It's plastic. It is plastic. It's the same plastic. Not this is the, the rubber on my G Shock, my ninety dollar G Shock is better. It's it's a McDonald's straw. It is sure. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I feel like the SKX has come out under a fair bit of of uncalled for scrutiny. A lot of people like to talk shit about the about certain things about the SKX, but they don't realize is this. The SKX never asked to be famous. It never asked to be the most popular goddamn valued dive watch uh, on the internet. It didn't ask for that. It was a freaking watch came out of Seiko in like the 1980s or 90s and has remained popular to this day because of how cheap and r- robust it is. It, it the, the strap and people complain, oh, the strap is shit. And this isn't just you. I'm not targeting you here because you understand that it's a value watch. But online, you'll see people, oh, the first thing I did, I threw that strap away. Shut the frig up. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I try, I don't know why. Okay, but you, 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 okay, do you agree the quality of the strap isn't there? It is tough, but I'll tell you right now, I wore that strap every day for like six months. I still put it back because I think it looks kind of cool. It doesn't look cool. I think it looks cool. That's subjective. It looks, it looks like a scrunchie. It's not uncomfortable. I, it, you wear it. It works. It's very I wore, uncomfortable. Put on a comfortable you, rubber strap. Exactly. And then you'll say it's uncomfortable. You went into it with those notions. But here's the a thing, Anthony. A lot of people don't. Anthony, here's a lot. the thing. Anthony, here's the thing. It can be easily replaced. Yes, I understand. So if you don't like it, replace but it. If you like it, keep here's, it. And the here's the who problem. Cares? Too many people who never had the rubber straps you had are talking shit about the Seiko strap. It's a, It'll do more than enough for you. I like that strap. Yeah, you like it. That's why you keep it. They don't like yeah. it, so they don't keep it. No, but they don't know what they like. They, that's what drives me nuts. Is everyone's poking shit at this thing. Anthony, Look, that, that watch you're is taking a, it too personally. I'm taking it so personally. You are. I like that strap. I have right now. I have it's so I have ugly. the black NATO you gave me, the seatbelt strap from um, Strap Mill. Yeah. I have my strap code bracelet, Oyster bracelet, which is great i boy that's the, the bracelets on right now or the straps on right now and then i have the rubber strap and in all in in all three of those situations it's a comfortable watch you're gonna see the way it looks on the strap i got oh i don't i don't doubt that it'll make me want that strap but you might actually obtain it depending if it fits or not why is it? <laughs> who knows <laughs> oh, okay yeah we gotta see it's the first the first strap from this company um but no it, i think you're gonna enjoy that watch it'll be it'll probably replace the tag i think as a as a daily um no it won't you don't think so no as the tag is for your for your wrist the tag probably will, would wear better well it's a little big the tag is big yeah um and I've, I've i've grown to learn that the tag was my first proper watch and that's what i kind of based every other watch purchase purchase on is well this is the size it should be so all my other watches were small. Yeah. But now I learned that the tag is a tuna can. It's a big watch. It's oh, a yeah. big watch. Um, actually, I was uh, I was at my girlfriend's house yesterday, and for her dad's 50th, um, their family got him a Hublot Classic Fusion. Um, really, really nice. I'd never seen a Hublot Classic Fusion in person. Uh, and really? then the night that we were out, yeah. Uh, never really looked for them. I think we've spoken about Hublot before. I'm not a huge fan of Hublot, but I can appreciate um, the the watches. Jean Claude Bivet. Yes, here we go. Uh, you know why the the, the 
the porthole of the boat. Yeah, I know. There's this this long this long tail. Um, but I can appreciate Hublot in French is porthole. I can appreciate um like my my girlfriend's dad is not a big watch guy. Like he he can appreciate watches, but he's he's not a huge watch nerd. And for that, a Hublot is perfect. Um I think an Omega would be wouldn't fill his wouldn't fill his void as much as a Hublot would because he, you know you associate Hublot if you're not a watch person you may associate Hublot with a, with more luxury and prestige and, and it, I think that at the price point it really fits that void well. I think Hublot is is coming back into its original place. Mm-hmm. The rappers are stopping to wear them. Exactly, exactly. That was a huge problem. Oh my god, they and they they, they 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 they're they're to Patek. So Patek is gonna you know take a little dip. Yeah, for a while. It's gonna take a swim in the in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I think you blow is coming out to dry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's the wrinkles are coming out. I hope so because when I when I was growing up, I always loved the Hublots. Um, I knew nothing about watches. I just liked the design. Yeah. and granted, I don't remember ever seeing famous people wearing. Maybe that uh, where else would I have seen them? But not to the extent that they were recently. Well, well um, yeah. so so whenever, whenever I saw Hublot, I was like, "Oh, that's a very cool watch." Whatever, I would, I want one of those when I'm older. And then, I don't know. You bought a Tupac you, and yeah, no Shaquille O'Neal started wearing. <laughs> Probably started with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, but anyway, where the story was going, so he had it on his wrist last night. They were about to go out, and I noticed it is a large watch. He Depends has size wrists he a little bit larger than mine, I'd say. The typical forties are big. It's probably a forty-five. Probably, probably. they are, they, and it's sad. You can get it in a forty-two tall. and forty-three. I think you he 45. was telling me because it replaced uh, the watch he wore before was like a forty, maybe a forty or a forty-one or forty-two. The crown kept smacking into his wrist, and I like I tightened the strap for him so it would stay a little bit higher and not fall. But still, like it's it, it's a big face. It's a big honking thing, and it's uh it doesn't feel it because it's titanium, so it, it's a nice it's a nice weight. It doesn't feel too heavy, but it is the classic fusion, not the big bang, right? No, definitely cl- a classic fusion. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, yeah, because I think they go up to like chronograph. Or 40 I think are they all are all the classic no. fusions chronograph? You can get ones that are just plain dial. Just no, this is a chronograph, so it's nice. It, it's got it's got a lot of it's got a lot black, of presence. Black leather strap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the I like the the, the rubber straps. I do too. I think it but fits I, I that think angular a, dial or the angular case. The rubber strap fits it better than the black leather, but doesn't doesn't change. Yeah, it's contoured to fit around yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, what time is your movie, Anthony? Uh, my movie starts at nine forty-five. I'm actually gonna go and see First Man. Yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah, I'm gonna wear my Omega it. so that I feel like I'm part of the crowd. Wow, except it's not a Speedmaster. Guess what? They're both seahorses, Mikey. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Keep an eye out. I, I obviously I saw the movie opening night. Mm-hmm. Actually, the day before. What do you think? It was a good movie. I really liked it. Yeah. Um. The score is excellent. I'm know. definitely gonna be able to appreciate that. Yeah, you will. Oh, I didn't talk about my value proposition piece. Hold on, wait. We're talking about. Well, while you pull up the score, because um, yeah, Justin Hurwitz, the same guy that did um, La La Land, and uh, isn't that great? No, Great Gatsby was Jay Z. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That was La La Land. It was La La Land. You know, it's it's very cool. It's just like you know. Very moony. Yeah. But anyways, there's a lot of cool watches. Um, keep an eye on Ryan Gosling's wrist at all times. Because he's always wearing an Omega. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if he became an ambassador for for Omega. 
if he mm, isn't already. I don't know. Because when recently, um, Breitling brought on, um, Brad Pitt. Yes. Yeah. Charlize Theron. Yep. I saw that. And strange. And um, Star Wars. What's his name? The black dude. No, Anthony. Yeah. No. Yes. No. I swear. No. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up just in the topic, and then we can go on to your value prop is crap. <laughs> Didn't even catch on to that. Value prop again. <laughs> okay, who do we have here? What's his name? As soon as I say it, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, that guy. Come on. Brad Pitt, Charlize Theron, and Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, he's um thing in um who. Poe? <laughs> is it Poe? Is that the guy's name? I'll tell you, Adam Driver. We're really dragging this one on. Yeah. Oh. Um, what's his name? Uh, Han Solo's son. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They brought him on. He's goofy. Adam Driver. Yeah. He's goofy. He's no. He's no. He's no hunk. He's no Brad Pitt. Why is he goofy? I don't know. I just see him goofy. Um. Okay. Anyway, let me talk about my value prop Wait, before before we end name? this podcast. What's his no? What's his name in the movie? We need uh, to figure this Kylo out. Ren. Kylo Ren. So uh, wait, where was I going with this? What were we talking about just before that? Him on. I was talking about um, no before that making Ryan God. Oh, like, okay. I want to tell you what to watch out for. Watch out for his wrist at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Before he actually joins NASA. Okay. Okay. Because this this movie is not so much about the moon landing. It's more so his personal story. Okay. Watch. Is it a good movie? Yeah, it's excellent. Um, I'm excited. Was there any sad parts? Am I gonna cry? Yeah. No, no, but it's like, it's good. Is it sad? You might cry. I'm a sucker for like, man, when, when anything to do with like fathers, sons, national Jesus heroes. Christ, boy, you're going to cry. Oh, man. I, here, I here, I'll, I'll do one more. It's father, daughter. What, who's not father's son, it's father, daughter. So think of it like but, it, 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 you'll see. His daughter, uh, his, daughter, his, his yeah. own daughter. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, watch out for his watch before he joins NASA. Mm-hmm. Watch out for his watch while he's training. Okay. And watch out for his watch when he's in the spacecraft, leading, leading up to the to the excursion. And when they're doing the testing, like um, the, their first NASA testing, watch the NASA employees what they have in their hands. Done. I'm excited. I am really pumped. Um, Lots of Omega. Done. Very cool. Now, before we end the podcast, because we're almost done, I do want to talk about my my value prop piece. Because you getting an SKX inspired me to one-up you uh, in value proposition. And so I spent far less money for what is, in my opinion, a far superior value proposition watch. So let's let's first say the SKX. How much was that? This was $94 US, and I could have found it cheaper, okay. but I wanted it I was going to say, that, 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 that is cheaper. Yeah. SKX wasn't that much. Like, it's, it's not expensive, but this is, this is definitely cheaper. I think it was cheaper. like 320 That's significantly cheaper. That's what I'm saying. $94. But I'm yeah. saying that's not a lot for the SKX. No, no. Yeah. That's, that's, still, that's close to what I, what I paid. Um, and that was before the SKX blew up. And, and that was because I, I wanted the J, so I had to get yeah. it from like... A company you know, that would the, say off the mine definitely fell off the back of a oh, truck. Yeah. No, we this, this, this was from Seiko Japan. Good, good. I'm happy that you did that. So um, I got this Casio G-Shock. It's a square G-Shock, so uh, everyone can shut their mouths, or including you, Nino. 
rectangular. It is, it is rectangular. My my coworker Nino hates this watch. Poor guy. I got him into watches and haven't taught him what quality watches are yet. But uh, Square G-Shock. It's a GWM5610. Don't quote me on that. Basically, it has atomic timekeeping. So every night at a certain time, it connects to a satellite. Just uh, Sorry, to an atomic clock. Just like your phone does. Um, and it resets itself to be accurate. It's also solar powered. So right now the solar power is reading at high. It has high, medium, low. Um, it's got a million functions. It's got world time. Um, it has stopwatch, of course. Um, what I don't even know what else here. If I go through the modes, I got world time, uh, alarm, stopwatch, track. I don't know what TR means. And then obviously turbo date. thrusters. That's it. Uh, it's got the date, uh, the day, of course, um, month everything it's got everything everything you could ever hope to have on your wrist this was this was the original smartwatch and i made a post about the other day because this is the smartest watch up until smartwatches literally maybe not but this was definitely a very smart watch this is the granddaddy of smartwatches having this much information smarter but that's not a watch watch. it's not you can't staple your phone to your wrist literally called smartphone I know, um, but no, this is a solid piece. I haven't taken it off. I've been I wore it the last uh, since I got it on Wednesday. I've worn it every day since because Gross. yeah, I know. I, I really hate myself, but I'm going to treat myself by wearing the Omega tonight. Um, watching that movie, uh, a Seamaster, not a Speedmaster, even though it's a Moon movie. But go on, whatever. They're seahorses, nonetheless. This is honestly a great thing. This is a great piece, and it perfectly replaces my current g-shock which my brother got for me for my 16th birthday and is really embarrassing to wear now because although it is great it's not it's, embarrassing to wear it's great but it's rugged the contrast is terrible because it's an orange so, face yes the contrast on this is superior i can see this time from any direction that g-shock i got to make sure i'm looking at it right at the right so angle yeah, totally. or else it's invisible but it's the contrast on the yellow screen that was also a bad time for g-shock when um rappers were wearing them and celebrities were wearing them Hell yeah and they were just a how big can we fit a digital watch on our wrist but nonetheless that g-shock is still rugged and dependable so was this one this one is fantastic and i love it it is the perfect size i can't wait to work out with it i can't wait to do uh ridiculous dangerous stunts with it because that's what i do it's just a great piece for 94 dollars. i don't think you can get i, I think that you if you can appreciate uh luxury watches for what they are you can appreciate the total opposite a total tool this watch is it's a fucking tool Oh, very passionate. I like it. I really that, dig it. For those of you that don't know, Anthony's a very passionate person. I get, yeah, I get, I get real wild. But um, no, I mean, this thing's solid, man. It's comfortable. The rubber's good for the money. Can't do better. You really can. Nice. Other than, yeah, if, unless you're looking for a mechanical timepiece, of course. But that's why I'm big. And look out for a video. I am going to do a video comparing what I think I believe are the three best Those value infamous videos that are pieces, just lagging behind. SKX, System 51, and Casio G-Shock. Wow. Yeah. You heard, you, heard, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Boom. They will Boom be released. Dynamite. Is that everything? I'm excited to go can watch. Can I say something, Yes, Anthony? of course. Remember you when you said this is an action-packed episode. It's going to be a long one. How long? It's about two hours, seven minutes shorter than last week's or last episode. Really? Yeah. This feels so much longer. It's already nighttime outside. It's getting that. Yeah. We're almost a daily savings time next week. Jeez. Oh, wow. I think, right? Yeah. Time is flying by. Well, more content coming. Believe us. Anyway. Yeah. I think we, I think we say that 
very often. <laughs> we always do. And this is another podcast. Exactly. Uh, oh, we're, 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 something's in the works. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, we, you know, we're beating this one like a dead horse. Let's, uh, let's we wrap can say it up. that because no one else is listening at this point. <laughs> Everyone else has given up. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. And thank you for listening. See ya. Ciao. Peace. Yo, TG, TGV says that. Ciao. Yeah, I know. A lot of people. That's a, that's a, that's a Reddit meme for... There's a watch Reddit page. <laughs> what do they call it? Reddit? No, they call them. Um, what do they call Reddit things? Not straight. Um, Sub subreddit. Subreddit. Yeah, it's like a watch meme subreddit. They make fun of Seiko fives and TGV. Seriously, <laughs> God, people. People. Are really uh, they, someone will sour. post something. They'll post like a plate, like elastic band to their to their wrist, and be like, "Look at my new watch." And like, they'll be showing like their flip flops in the in like in the <laughs> frame, like down below. And then people will say like. Wow, that's great! Great, you great that you got your um your passion piece, and then under it will be like, damn, I wish I could afford a Seiko Five like that, and then under it, ciao. <laughs> god, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that's 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 the internet for you. It's the dart. It's it, that's the. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Anyways, yeah. it's late. Tired. It's late. Dragged on. Beat Have like a nice day. Horse. Have a nice day, and thank you for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm.